You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Seth Peterson. Hi, I'm Dippy Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Doris Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is Jalyn Sidlow from Celestial Custom Dog Services in Tampa Bay. Here to answer your training questions and your behavior questions about your pets at 844-287-2876. That's 844-287-2876. When you call in, you'll speak with Mr. Zach Buden at America's Talk Radio Network, and he'll put you on the line with us. Howdy doodly out there. Howdy, howdy. That That would be Zach. (laughs) The show is produced in-house in studio by the ever-so-talented Mr. Uh, Bob Page. Bobby, Bobby. Hi. Hi, Bobby. How are you? We love Bob. Good times. If you've got a question, pick up the phone and give us a call. We want to talk to you about your pets, of course. 844-287-2876. Special guest joining us this hour is Rita Zoe Chin. She is the author of Let the Tornado Come. It is a book out, a memoir. Actually, it's uh, published by Simon & Schuster. We're going to be giving a couple books away and talking with Rita Zoe Chin. Pick up the phone and give us a call. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. Bearface. And this is (laughs) Talking Pets. Wild horses, I want to be like you. Throwing cars into the wind, I'll run free too. Wish I could recklessly love like I'm longing to. I wanna run with the wild horses, run with the wild horses. Oh, yeah. Rita Zoe Chin was born into a world that roared, a Queens apartment near Kennedy Airport where planes were a constant storm that rattled the walls and the knickknacks on tables and the nerves of those nearby. But a move to Maryland four years later changed everything. It was there that Rita saw horses for the first time and discovered the most primal source of her wonder embodied in their movement across the field. She now lives in Boston with her husband and three dogs where she teaches memoir classes for Grub Street, mentors troubled teenage girls, and rides her mischievous horse. In a quote in the book from Let the Tornado Come, Let the morning time drop all its petals on me, Life I love you, all is groovy. From Simon and Garfunkel. We want to welcome onto the program of Talking Pets the author of Let the Tornado Come, a memoir, Rita Zoe Chin. Hey Rita, how you doing? 
I'm doing well, John. Really excited to be here. Thanks. How about you? Great. It's nice to have you on with us. I want to introduce you, of course, to Julian Sidlow and Bob Page. Hi, Rita. Hello there. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And, of course, all of our listeners across America and beyond. And um, wanted to, uh, first off, I want to say, you know, it's a great book. I love that it's a hardcover, first of all. And um, I got to ask you, the inspiration on the cover, of course, is oh, the horse. you know... Oh, sorry. Of course, it has something to do with the horse, but where'd, where'd the photo come from? The photo is, is an interesting um, story. It was actually taken in Italy, of all places, um, by a it's, photographer there who likes going to a place call, they call Little Tibet. I'm not really sure why they call it that, but it's a place where all these horses get to run free. Um, and so he goes there and takes a lot of really stunningly beautiful photos, like this one. You know, I've got to ask you that. Like, you kind of hit a... Uh, hit it on the noggin there actually there's I, I read so many stories about horses no longer being in the wild because what they're doing is corralling them and they're actually sending them to slaughter or else you know trying to adopt some of them what's your feelings on that because you're seeing less and less horses in the wild well it's it's a sad thing and i mean my feeling is for the horses is pretty much the same for all animals that are being forced out of the wild and um, um one thing i like about where i live here in massachusetts is we have um, in all the, the towns around where I live, there's tons of conservation land, and people here are really serious about protecting their natural resources and giving the animals places to live. So, you know, I still carry this this hope that maybe things can turn around, although they're looking kind of grim. So when we get into the book here, Let the Tornado Come, and it's, uh, it's in bookshelves, and it's, of course, um, uh, available on the Internet, like Amazon, I would imagine, correct? Oh, yeah, it's everywhere <laughs> books are sold, I guess. <laughs> and they can find it there, and, of course, it's by Rita Zoe Chin, and Simon & Schuster is the publisher. When you open up the book, you have, in one page only, for Larry. That's who you uh, dedicated it to? Yes. That's who? her husband. Um, my Larry's husband. your husband? Larry is her husband. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to dedicate it to him because he let me write about him. <laughs> um um, no, he's he's a he's a great uh, great man. He's a he's a um, neurosurgeon, and um, he's uh, a lot of the, the things I wrote about were very hard for him because you know his training is you know if something's wrong you fix it here's the answer and and there's you know he's very methodical and and um, a lot of the things I was writing about didn't have easy answers so I frustrated him a lot but he was very generous um, and you know he basically said write whatever because I said you know I, I might be writing about you and he said write whatever you want to write and you know just giving me that freedom to sort of it, mine our own relationship in moments in the book and you know um, that that meant a lot to me that he trusted me well it's a beautiful book first off and secondly I want to start from the beginning uh, about the book you being you had a, a rough childhood and at the age of 11, you ran away, correct? I did, yes. What happened that caused you to run away, actually, at 11? Well, you know, unfortunately, my parents were young and out of control. They were drug abusers, and they were very violent. And that was the home I'd grown up in for many years. And when my parents divorced when I was nine, my father convinced me to convince the judge to let us live with him because he was going to, he was promising me this great life and things were going to be different and we were going to have the, you know, the nice house with the dog and the pool and, and love and, and safety and all these things. And so I, of course, bit and, and that's what happened and he got custody. But, you know, two years in, you know, the promises he kept were the house, the pool and the dog and the dog I loved, but all the rest, you know, he didn't. And so, 
Um, one day, he had um, actually gone through my room and stolen my, my purse, and a lot of my, you know, my diary and all, you know, my personal things were spread out on his bed. And I looked at him and thought, I can't do this anymore. And I turned, and I, it's, you know, it, it was a strange moment because all my life, I feel like, had been coming to that moment, and I could feel the door behind me. And I just spun around, and the adrenaline pushed me out that door, and I flung it open and didn't close it, and ran and kept running, and. So, well, where does where does where does a, an eleven year old go? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't go far. I ran out of the neighborhood. I ran down the main road. I went to uh, a grocery store and loitered around for about three hours. I called my mother, collect. I you know said, can you, you know, please? <laughs> can we change the plan? Can we come back and live with you? And she said no. And then I loitered around some more, and eventually some police picked me up and. I asked them not to bring me back, but of course they did. I mean, it was 1981, maybe 82 by then, I guess. I turned 11 late in the year. So anyway, they brought me back. But um, So that was the first time. But, you know, by the time I was 13, I had kind of figured it out, and um, I was I was pretty much gone for good by then. And then uh, basically, you know, you were, were you homeless? Um, yes, I was. I um, Well, I was a ward of the court, and so um, I would run away and live on the streets, you know, with strangers, people I met along the way, and eventually I'd get picked up by the police and I'd be taken somewhere. Um, so I, I spent the next few years, you know, either like homeless or in various uh, juvenile institutions. Well, Rita, hold on to that thought. We're going to come back. We're going to take a little break. We're going to continue on with Rita Zoe Chin. She's the author of Let the Tornado Come. It's a memoir. It's available from Simon & Schuster. You can find it online. You can find it in bookstores, of course. And we're going to give away a copy of the book right now. It's a hard uh, cover, and it's going to come out to you. Compliments of Rita and, of course, Simon & Schuster and Talking Pets. Give us a call, and the book is yours, 844-287-2876. That's 844-287-2876. Call now. And the book is yours. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. The Bear. And you're listening to (laughs) Talking Pets. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert, and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. On the streets where you live, girls talk about their social lives. 
And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow of Celestial Custom Dog Services. The name of the book, Let the Tornado Come, a memoir by Rita Zoe Chin. We're speaking with Rita now. We're giving away a copy of the book at 844-287-2876. Call in the book is yours, 844-287-2876. Now, Rita, when we were talking about when you were young and you ran away at, you know, at the age of 11 and it continued on, you were 13, you were filling us in about that. Um, I want to get into actually the part where I, when did life change for you and, and how in the book you talk about, I think it was dreams that you were having of running horses and all. And I, how did that all come about? Um, yeah. So, you know, um, well, you read the, my bio when we started and it talked about our move to Maryland when, when I was very young and, um, I fell in love with horses as I think many people or at least young girls do at first sight. Um, but I always, I kind of longed for them you know, from afar. And um, They're beautiful creatures. I've I, always been a huge fan of horses. I mean, I, I just think they're one of God's you know, most beautiful amazing. creatures on this planet. Absolutely. I mean, to have so much power and so much grace at once is, is pretty tremendous. Um, so, yeah, I had a friend when I was living with my father, um, you know, just before the time when I first ran away, and she had a horse, and I went with her to the stable. And immediately I was just enamored of all of it. Um, but it was also heart, kind of a heartbreak because I knew that that was never a life that I was going to get to have, at least in my childhood. Um, so um, so I, I, I dreamed of them and longed for them, for, you know, from afar for many years of, of my childhood and even my adolescence. You know, I, they, they kind of occupied a space in my mind and in my imagination even when I was on the run. Um, they were there, you know, and um, but it wouldn't be till you know decades later that I'd actually get to to ride one. So my question: when you uh, when you grew up, when you got older, you met your husband, Larry. How did that <laughs> come about? From a young girl that ran away from home, was homeless and on the run, and um, how do you end up meeting Larry? Because <laughs> um, most people, you know, are, uh, most funny. people are going to be sitting it, here it, listening, going, "Wow, how does that happen? I can't meet somebody <laughs> now," and you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he found me, you know, next to a dumpster, and he kind of took pity on me. And no, you know, you know what happened is I, um, I got my life together. I, um, I, I almost lost it. I basically, until I was right about nineteen, I, I was kind of on a dark road, and I, it, it ended in um, a really bad drug addiction that almost took my life. And that was kind of the moment when I realized that, you know, why had I been running away all those years if not to actually live and have a better life? And, you know, it was discouraging because you run away and, you know, as, as a, you know, adolescent girl, you know, with tight jeans and eyeliners, you don't find the carnival people or the grandmas, you know, you, <laughs> that's not what you find out there, at least, at least that's not what I found. So, I, you know, by the time, you know, I got through all that, I was, I was pretty down, um, but I kind of, I remembered as I was looking at my own possible death that, there was hope still, and um, I, you know, I'd always been a writer and always loved literature as much as I could get my hands on it, and I decided to go to college and um, got pretty much straight A's in college, and then I went to grad school and um, just fell in love. I just, I found my home, found my people um, in terms of, you know, other writers and people who thought about things and examined things and, and went from there. So I, by the time I met my husband, I was kind of kind of far out from that life, but it was still there, you know, underneath, of course. So the, the thing is, with, with the book, too, um, Let the Tornado Come, a memoir, um, 
one of the things you get into is the whole story about you growing up and then you get into meeting Larry and you talk about all that and you talk about your, your love for horses. When and where and how did Claret come along? So <laughs> he um, he came along, I guess, you know, once I was married and I had this great life, a really interesting thing happened and I started having panic attacks. Um, and they're apparently a lot more common than I knew at the time. Um, but um, that that led me on this, this road to try to find help, and I didn't want to take medication, so I tried all these weird therapies, and I was actually driving back from one such appointment one day, and I, um, rode by, I, I drove by a barn, and there was a woman riding a horse out in the kind of open paddock, and she looked just so strong and um, graceful, and her, you know, her back was really straight, and I whipped my car around, and walked in <laughs> and I and I immediately re- regressed to about the age of I would say nine or ten <laughs> and <laughs> and I walked in and I was like hi there I'd like to take a lesson and um they stuck me up on top of this horse named and that Apple was your first Fox, time who, you sat on a horse that was the first time I'd gotten on a horse and wow. I was also in the middle of kind of dealing with panic so it doesn't make a lot of sense that I would do that. <laughs> um you know I, I guess we make these intuitive decisions but that's what I did and um, and uh, I knew, even though he didn't, it was a hot day, and he didn't really want to do anything but kind of stand there. And I, I was like, "Wow, it's like really high up here." Um, <laughs> but after that, I, I, I got off, and I was like, "You know, I ride. I'm an equestrian. I ride horses now." <laughs> and um, that did lead me to take lessons, and ultimately meet Claret, who, um, who I, who just took my heart the first time I ever saw him, and that was that. And awesome. was Claret like um, kind of like a not wanted horse, like one that I, I think I read where nobody could ride Claret and nobody kind of wanted Claret, and then you kind of came about. Um, yeah. Well, when I when I bought him, um, he, he would they the woman who had him before. I don't really know what her story was with him, but I think she was having a hard time selling him. And um, you know, I it's it's I um you know took him home, and at first things started out actually pretty promising. You know, I was taking lessons on him with a trainer, and um, but pretty quickly things went downhill, and he started to um, get, like, he, um, he, he started to get spooky, like he started to, to startle at things, and, um, and he also started to fight against the training, um, and it escalated pretty quickly, and things started to fall apart, and she... He kept kicking holes in the walls and backing up and bucking, and then I came off of him, and so I moved him to another barn, and then the same thing kind of happened where the trainer said he's a really bad horse and she won't ride him anymore, and I should sell him for a dollar, basically. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, when you're talking about the behavior of a horse, they're such huge creatures that they can be very intimidating. So especially for someone that's not familiar with horses or that used to being around them. Rita, don't go away. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and uh, talk a little bit more about Let the Tornado Come, a memoir by Rita Zoe Chin, available from Simon & Schuster. It's available on bookstores right now. And, of course, you can also get it online. But if you want a copy of the book, Compliments of Rita, give us a call right now. The fifth call to come in to Zach right now at 844-287-2876 is going to get a copy of the book. 844-287-2876. Call right now. The book is yours. The number five caller. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. Man Bear Pig. 844-287-2876. This is Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's dinner time in America. 
where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert-recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. From USA Today, live from the ranch, here's your host, John Patch. Out of Atascosa, Texas, authorities say five people were injured after a truck hit a carriage that was being pulled by a donkey. And in Garden City, Idaho, a young bull elk with a hankering for apples has for the second time been sedated and removed from the southwest Idaho City. Boise Police and the Idaho Department of Fish and Game captured the elk over the weekend after spotting it eating apples from a tree in a vacant lot. If the apples are that good, I'm going to keep going back too. (laughs) In Roseburg, Oregon, the Oregon uh, Supreme Court ruled that a sheriff's deputy was justified in going on private land in 2010 to rescue a starving horse in Douglas County. The owners had argued their rights were violated when the deputy seized their property without a warrant. And in Helena, Montana, wildlife officials will hold public hearings on a proposal to create a wolf conservation stamp that would allow non-hunters to contribute $20 apiece to help in the management of the predators. The Independent Record reported Fish, Wild, and Parks scheduled the hearings, um, eight hearings, excuse me, after receiving more than 14,500 comments on the proposal. So many years ago, we were, um, you know, we helped fight those causes to get wolves reenacted back into the wild, and, and it happened. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, as they mate, and there's more and more wolves, there's more and more criers out there saying that, oh, they're oh, eating my, my sheep or my cows or, you know, something of that aspect. Comes with the territory. In Hayward, Wisconsin, the Natural Resources Board approved letting hunters of all legal ages and physical abilities use crossbows to hunt deer or other smaller animals during a season that will run concurrent with the archery season. Previously, only those hunters with disabilities and those over 65 could hunt with a crossbow. At Portland, Oregon, police used spike strips and a dog to help capture a 24-year-old suspect in a string of convenience store robberies. DeMarcus Vance... um, is accused of robbing five plaid pantry stores Monday, as well as possessing a stolen car. And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow.
From Celestial Custom Dog Services in Tampa Bay. We welcome your calls and questions. We're open to your medical or your behavior questions and your training questions. But right now, we're taking questions if you have any. Your comments from um, Rita Zoe Chin. She's the author of Let the Tornado Come, a memoir. We're talking about her and her horse, Clarette. And um, if you've got a question or a comment, give us a call at 844-287-2876. By the way... You can join us on Facebook and Twitter by going to TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N-Pets.com. Please do and become part of our family, and you can see what we're all about during the week as well as on the weekends. This is Talking Pets. What's my heart doing? Beating. I know that, but I mean, how does it sound? Larry pressed the stethoscope to the center of my chest and closed his eyes. Strong. Then why do I feel so weak? I had to face it. I was the 5%. I was failing CBT. Just a little read from the book there, of course. Let the Tornado Come, a memoir by Rita Zoe Chin. Congratulations to Darcy out in Spokane, Washington. You're going to get a copy of the book, a complimentary copy. We have another one to give away. Be the third caller right now at 844-287-2876. And the book is yours. Compliments of, of course, the author Rita Zoe Chin, who we're speaking with right now. That's 844-287-2876. It's a toll-free telephone number, 844-287-2876, and the book is yours. Compliments, of course, Simon Schuster, Rita, and Talking Pets. So I want to ask you, there's so much, I mean, getting into a little bit of a tangent here on the other side, Rita, is that there's so much going on in the world right now, and I kind of like that quote, the 5% and so on and so forth, but there's a lot of anxiety out there. I have it myself. (laughs) And I'm a very anxious person, and it just seems to be everybody's dealing with anxiety issues. And I don't know if it's just the way the world is changing and what's going on, but the one thing, like, when I think about your book, of course, Let the Tornado Come, and and your experience, and you growing up, and everything that you've went through, a lot of people have gone through different things in their childhood and everything, and I know I have myself, and but it's amazing how we look to animals to kind of take away the stress, and they do. They help us in so many ways. Absolutely. But what is it in your mind, Rita, about horses? Because there is a known fact that horses are a great therapy for people. Why would you say that? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think horses are used for all kinds of therapy, but for for you know for us anxious types. <laughs> um, there, I think that, you know, what's interesting is horses are kind of, in some ways, panic personified because they're flight creatures. And so they, they know that fight-flight response, you know, as well as anyone. Um, that's, you know, we say a horse spooks, that's what, what, what's happening. And um, I think that being around an animal that large that actually needs us to make it feel safe is an interesting kind of call to action. I mean, I, I don't. I think there's something. First of all, just about the scent of them that's very calming. I think people should look into that. <laughs> and that you can bottle that. Yeah. I grew up be. with horses, but, um, and I used to run to my horses if I had an issue, and I would, you know, find that bonding with them. Well, they're used in so many therapy programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you? I, I know you work as we we said actually. Um, you're working a lot with uh, troubled teenage girls now, uh, Rita. Do you in, do you introduce them to horses along the way or to Claret? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he he and I are partners in this now. Um, you know, he he's helped me with with a few girls, and um, one in particular was was pretty noteworthy because I was having a pretty tough time with her, just connecting. You know, she was she was very disconnected, very flat affect, and I brought her to the barn and I watched her. You know, not over a long period of time. I'm talking about like within like a minute, transform and and. I don't know if I would even believe that if somebody else told it to me, but I, I saw it happen. And she just being around Claret, 
um, you know, feeding him carrots, brushing him, you know, and also being a little bit afraid and asking me, you know, is it okay if I stand here? Is he going to step on me? Is he going to bite me? And it gave us a chance to bond when I said, no, he won't. Just trust me. You're, you're safe right there. And well, so, I imagine that but, he's actually found his place. The horse is, he knows that he has a purpose now. He does. He does. Yeah. And, and he knows that, that he's never, you know, nobody's ever going to pick up their hand to him again. Right. So, yeah. That makes a world of difference to an animal when they see that, you know, that, that, that that's not going to happen with a new person or whatever. And, and they really do become trusting. It's a lot harder uh, for I'm a horse so to sorry. trust. Than the connection there is, I'm just sort of I'm losing a connection here. Okay, yeah, it could be the phone line, I guess, that you're on. But um, no, I was just saying that, you know, basically, bottom line, it comes down to an unconditional love, whether it's a cat or a dog or a horse or whatever, even for that matter, a hamster. But, I mean, more people should surround themselves with, with animals. And I'll tell you right now, if I could surround myself with horses, I've always wanted to. And like you were saying, when you were young, you wanted to, and it happened for you in an older age. I'm a lot older now. It hasn't happened yet, but I do surround <laughs> myself around animals, and I, I absolutely love horses. Yeah, there's it, there's nothing um, for me better than being around around horses and dogs. I mean, I, I think I, there, there's being around animals and getting to communicate with animals in all the nonverbal ways we do is, um, for me, one of the greatest blessings uh, in my life. And to, to know love in that way, you know, where because so we say I love you all the time. I love you. I love you. And sometimes it, it doesn't even have a lot of meaning, but. When you're loved by an animal, there's no mistaking it. Exactly. Perfectly said. Yep. You know, it's you know, I, I wanted to bring this in a little bit on because of dealing with anxiety issues and all that you talk about, Rita, um, and having Claret, your horse, to fall back on and all, and of course your husband Larry. But um, it's a sad situation what happened this week in the news with Robin Williams. And here's a man that was so troubled, and he made people so happy and made people laugh for so many years, and here he is dealing with his own inner demons. And, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, Robin, of course, but that maybe it would have been a good thing for him to be around more animals or around horses. Maybe yeah, actually, he was. They had standard poodles. Did they have poodles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, maybe he just needed more time for himself. Do you yeah. think? Yeah. Well, it was interesting because, I, as you know, in, in the reading that I've been doing, like we've all been doing, I did read that, you know, it, he didn't suffer only from depression but also from anxiety and um, and it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, I loved hearing you even say that you you deal with it um, mm-hmm. because you know there are 40 million people in this country alone dealing with it. But it's a very quiet thing. You know, it, it's become more acceptable, I think, to say I'm depressed, but less so to say I'm afraid. Um, yeah. And so that's part of the reason I actually set out to write this book was just to start the conversation. Well, I mentioned I touched and, on that earlier. I said, when, as a child, when I would get anxiety, I would run right to the stables. And I would grab onto my horse, I'd you know, jump on his back, bareback, and just ride off somewhere where I could be quiet. And it just completely changed my whole way of thinking. And I was calm. Isn't that amazing, that perspective? Yeah. Uh, but the, a lot of times what they do, and I can't remember the organization, and I know there's many of them around the country that, you know, they let kids come in and work with mm-hmm. horses, and not so much ride them, but maybe, like, work with them in the stalls or brush them down or, you know, wash them or whatever. And yep. it's just such a therapy for kids or for anybody um, to work around horses. Well, and they're great. They've been using a lot with um, children who have autism as well, um, yes. with the riding and everything. It does, it changes everything in them. They, they get so much more confident in themselves and the things that they can actually do. Rita, I want to ask you a question in terms of, um, with your anxiety and all, do you think in your mind um, and your experiences, what about, I mean, there's so much in the news about people taking like Prozac or Xanax or something like that to calm them down. 
but do you think in place of medicines like that that something like working with horses or something like that would actually work with the same kind of end result well not not being qualified to answer that question i'll answer it anyway and say yes, yes. <laughs> um actually i, to, I would you. i think to better result um you know I, I think that we've become a society that doesn't want to be uncomfortable even for a minute and right. so we, we take mm-hmm. pills just to make this go away or that feel better or this feel better and um but there's something about the process of moving through something even through the discomfort of a thing that that actually makes us, I think, stronger and wiser. And getting to do that, you know, in you know, in the great, like in the grace of animals and with the love of animals, to me, I, I mean, I tried a lot of things out there, and um, you know, but it was ultimately my relationship with with a horse that mm-hmm. that healed me fully. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I think that it's it should be a pr- something that you can get covered by insurance. I think. Well, <laughs> right? I Why not? A good thing. I can tell by the way you've written this book and by the way that you speak your passion for, for horses and all. And, oh, your um, writing is beautiful. Yeah, beautifully done and uh, beautifully spoken as well. So, Rita, I want to thank you for joining us here on the program. It was a great pleasure. And uh, we wish you the best with the book. We wish you the best with life. And it sounds like everything is working out well for you. Thank you so much. It's, it's really been a pleasure to be here and, and to talk with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Rita. It was a thank great you, pleasure. Rita. Thank you. Take care. You too. Give Clorette our best. <laughs> I will. I'll give him a kiss. Sounds there you good. Go. <laughs> and say hi to Larry, too. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I will. Take care, Rita. Okay, you too. That's Rita Zoe Chin, the author of Let the Tornado Come, a memoir. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. Of course, it's put out by Simon & Schuster. That's the publisher. And we're going to send you a copy of the book, the third call right now at 844-287-2876. 844-287-2876. That's 844-287-ATRN. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Jalyn Sidlow. Pro me. And this is <laughs> Talking Pets. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. It may be the dog days of summer, but pet costume sellers are already prepping for Halloween sales. Talk about news brief. I'm Bob Hage. PetSmart recently showcased a preview of Halloween gear for dogs, cats, guinea pigs, and even fish. How do they get fish in there at an event in downtown Manhattan? 
Among the items on display, a glow-in-the-dark skeleton costume for Fido, wacky cat hats for Fifi, and pumpkin prop for a fishbowl. Some get-ups have even gone high-tech. They were showing off animal outfits such as skull and crossbones hoodies and a ballerina tutu with LED lights. On one t-shirt, tiny bulbs light up the outline of a jack-o'-lantern's face. <laughs> Ugh. Though it's Pet Expressions grooming service, pet owners can also add colorful highlights or feathers to their bodies of their animals as well as adhere images such as a bat or a pumpkin. They kind of look like temporary tattoos for your dog. Genius. Ugh. While dressing up a pet may seem scary to some, it's big business. In a National Retailer Federation survey taken just before Halloween of last year, 14% of consumers said that they plan to buy pet costumes. Using survey data, the NRF, whoever they are, last year estimated that Americans would spend a total of $330 million on pet costumes. Seriously, people, what is your problem? Among the top outfit choices for those surveyed, a pumpkin, a hot dog, and a devil. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Bob Page. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld the eerie sight. My monster from its Yeah, it's like right around the corner. I walked into Cracker Barrel with uh, my associates, John and Zach, and there's Halloween costumes all over the place and yeah. people wearing them. And some of that stuff in there was pretty creepy, too. I'm like, it's not even... It's two months away. Oh, we used to... My parents get so mad at us because we would take their California King sheets and... Put holes in them and put them on the horses and ride around like ghosts. Nice. And, oh yeah. I already started shopping for Christmas. Well, you know what's funny because at Cracker Barrel, not to get from with them, but I mean, I was sitting, I'm like, oh my god, there's Halloween right here, and look on the wall, they're putting Christmas stuff up. And yeah. Girl, I didn't know the girl was behind me. She's I'm like, almost done. You're darn right, we are. I don't buy Christmas presents. <laughs> I make things for my friends. We we uh we were out looking at trees. We're gonna put up a tree probably next month, I think. Like yeah, my okay. pop and I made Kahlua the last couple of days. <laughs> That's a so your dog thing. Albert can pee on it. Ah, <laughs> oh, we always get real trees anyway. They always, nice. I always get a real tree. You know, when we were talking with Rita Zoe Chin about anxiety and all that music that you were playing underneath your read, the uh, Halloween music, yeah, still freaks me out. Michael. <laughs> well, no, I actually like when I was a kid, when I was young, I was twelve. Um, my friends and I, we were twelve, thirteen years old. Two of my friends were were murdered the same way that that original Halloween Again, movie came freaky. out Sorry. with a big knife and a guy in a hockey mask. Actually, uh, big knife, yes. No ho- hockey mask. Oh, okay. And um, so, yeah. That was Jason. Michael didn't wear a hockey mask. No, he wore a mask. Yeah, he, well, wore, he a mask. wore a mask, but it was a hockey mask. Yeah, hockey mask the was white, Jason. The white face. Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Friday the 13th. Mm, yeah. Michael Myers making a comeback in uh, this year. Really? Oh, at Universal? Yeah. Oh, for your yeah. Halloween Horror Nights? Shh, shh. Oh. I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> we should all, We have to... Just get crazy there for Halloween. Yeah. We should do the show there. Halloween's fun. Ask him. (laughs) (laughs) We could have done it this week, honestly. I know. I thought we were going. I didn't know. We should have. Hey. And uh, Bobby. Hey. Mm. 844-287-2876 is the number. 844-287-2876. We were just speaking, of course, with the author of Let the Tornado Come, a memoir by Rita Zoe Chin. And um, if you want a copy of the book, be the second call to come in right now to Zach, and we'll send you a copy. It's a hardcover. It's a beautiful book. It uh, deals with her and her anxiety written. issues. Awesome. And, of course, about um, her, and she talks about her and her horse, Claret. Um, so um, if you want a copy, 
give us a call, 844-287-2876, and the book is yours. The second call to come in, 844-287-2876. So I, when, when, when Zoe, uh, or Zoe, when um, actually Rita was talking about uh, Claret and that kind of like the horse that nobody wanted, yes. that bad behavior and so on and so forth, and apparently she was able to turn the horse around because now it's working with you know, kids and all, and but what about like with dogs? I mean, if there's those dogs that are maybe in the shelter that you know end up there because they are that dog that no one wants been because they've beaten and abused, and, right? And they just don't get. It. You know what? When you give an animal a chance to experience love and commitment of someone who's not going to hurt them, there's almost you can turn around anything. I mean, I have I rescued um, a fight dog a while back, a German Rottweiler, and he. On a five-foot chain his entire life, beaten, abused, shot at. He had bullet wounds down his side. He had knife marks on him. And he was as evil as they come. And the, they were going to shoot him right there on sight. And I walked up and unhooked, I unhooked him and took him to my truck, frothing at the mouth. He jumped in my truck. I took him back to my vet. He spent six months with the vet. His heart wound was so bad they didn't think he'd live. And they're like, maybe at best a year if he doesn't kill you first, Jilly. And I'm like, he's not going to kill me. And I turned him around. I had him for seven years. What breed was he? German Rottweiler. And he was used as a fight dog down in um, uh, near Homestead. Let me ask you. I mean, do you think that actually that behavior in a dog of that type and maybe like dogs that are maybe bred to be fighters, is it true that kind of it it can move on like um, to the next generation, that that behavior? No. You don't think so? Because a lot of people say, you know, judge the behavior, you know, I mean, medical conditions. I had a heart attack in my 40s. My dad did the same age. So medically, Bad habits are learned. They're not inbred. I mean, now, yes, can you inbreed something in an animal by bad breeding and poor breeding and breeding mothers and sons and daughters and grandfathers together? Yes. But, but that's when they're together. But I mean, yeah. I'm saying like when it's a puppy and it's born. If a mother or does a it father, come out going, "Oh, my mom's the best fighter in this no. land, so <laughs> no, I'm going to go out and kick some butt." I'm, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm saying no. I'm saying no. So you yeah. th- you think that behavior can stop? It can stop. Now I did have issues with him around other males for the rest of his lifetime, but he certainly turned out to be an amazing, amazing guard dog for me, and I just I. It moved his life into a different genre of uh, protection. So he actually looked at men as being abusive. Well, yes, yeah, and he. But had, not women. He had issues with skin color and things like that too. But that was because of the person that had abused him, and you know, and he would if he got someone sent, you know, and he they they can remember those things. Because I've noticed that yeah. some animals will react to like men with beards. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it was mm-hmm. a bad experience because they, yeah. you know, they see the beard and it's like, and all of a sudden the fangs come out. So they, well, they pick I, up your musk. A lot of people don't understand too. It's like, why does my dog go crazy every time he sees someone on the side of the road in an orange jacket? And the bright colors do upset animals. Hey, we'll spay and neuter your pets and help control that pet population. If you're going to adopt a dog, make sure you go to your local animal shelter or your rescue group and adopt from there. Yes. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. Rick Tamlin. From Celestial Custom Dog Services. Bob Page. <laughs> we say goodbye for this hour of Talking Pets. Thanks for joining us and check out talkingpets.com and join us on Facebook and Twitter. Ciao, Bella. Sorry, Jalen. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.